You know, today is a special day, and it's far bigger than just a matter of finances. Uh, today is the day that we have been uh, calling together some people, our, our founding pastor as well as here, uh, to celebrate this turning point for us as a local church, that something great has happened, that we've been able to turn a point and pay off the mortgage, which I know, I, I tell I'll tell people that, and yeah, yeah, there we go, all right. I'll tell people that, and they're like, oh, that's, that's nice. That's really nice. Everyone that served on council, like, cries out for joy. When I called Pastor Lowell Weir, who was our pastor for, uh, he was the one that secured the building and was here for so long. When I told him, he literally cried out for joy. He was so excited. We're talking years and months, people looking at us in the red, uh, trying to make hard decisions, cutting staff, having to find ways to... to to survive and get by. I mean, this carpet's been aging and aging and aging, and we just every month trying to figure out how do we save up for it? I guess we could win the lottery, uh, take some money, start scratching tickets. I don't know. We, we never did that. It, it never came to that. Um, but even me, I'm on staff here because in the 08 market crash, we had to lay off our full-time youth pastor, uh, and uh, he went on to do something else, and they brought me in part-time. I mean, there's been a lot of hardship, and yet here we are at this end of it, uh, of God's faithfulness and being able to reallocate uh, money that was going towards that into taking care of things that have long been overdue, bringing back benevolent giving so that we can find ways to give back to our community. Uh, it is a, a, a kairos moment. There's these two words in the New Testament, chronos and kairos. Chronos is like the measurement of time, days, hours, months. Uh, kairos is the timeliness of a thing. So in Kronos, three hours goes by, but in Kairos, fruit becomes ripe. You know what I mean? You can't count on the day a peach will be ripe. It's not going to be a, a, from the moment the seed goes into the ground, you know, you've got 10 years, 11 months, three days, and four hours, and you can start picking. You don't have that. It's going to be affected by times, seasons, when the day comes, and all there is is there will come a moment that it will be ripe, and that is the Kairos measurement of time when it is right. And so there's just, there's a, there's a turning point, and we, we feel it in our council, we feel it with our staff of just anticipation and excitement for what the Lord has done and the, the timeliness of getting it paid off. So what, I've, uh, what we've done is we wanted to take some time to celebrate that, and I am very excited to invite up our founding pastor, Ken Wold. I uh, can come on forward. I've asked Ken to come up here. Uh, Ken planted this church uh, so many years ago. I want to ask him to, to share a bit of that story and where we're at so we get an idea of just the body that we're a part of. Thank you. Wow. Happy Mother's Day to all of your mothers. Just thinking that uh, 42 years ago this morning, uh, 40 years, two years ago, um, the Heavenly Father birthed the church called Living Way. And uh, our first meeting was in uh, what is now the, is it the La Bamba uh, restaurant? We were rented that uh, facility. And uh, Living Way Church was birthed. And so happy 42nd birthday uh, to you. Uh, we were, we sang a song about uh, the wind obeys God when he sends it out. And I, and I just thought, 
in my heart. Boy, that is really true what happens. Um, Bobby and I, at that time, uh, we had been in pastoral ministry for 25 years, and, and we felt like we were going to spend the rest of our ministry in Vancouver, Washington. We had just finished about eight years of ministry there, and uh, uh, we thought we'll finish our ministry there. And, uh, and uh, the wind of God, the Holy Spirit, had other ideas, and Jerry Cook from East Hill called and uh, said, we want you to come on staff, and, and I said, uh, thanks, but no thanks, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life here in Vancouver, and uh, in the middle of the night, God woke me up and said, you're supposed to go to East Hill, and so in uh, the end of 70, uh, 77, we uh, came on staff at East Hill, and one of our assignments was uh, uh, oversight of the neighborhood ministry centers. Now, churches don't come because a man has an idea. Churches come into existence because God has a plan and God plants a church. And the seeds of Living Way Fellowship were a group of Jesus followers from the East Hill uh, Church, uh, people involved in ministry that lived in this area. And uh, Jerry's vision of the church was not a building. It wasn't uh, what happened on Sunday morning at 9 or, nine or 10 o'clock. It was uh, when worshipers and followers of Jesus were dismissed from that gathering and scattered throughout the greater Portland area and began to infect their neighborhoods with the life of Jesus. And uh, Jerry's heart was to encourage and foster that. And he started what was called a neighborhood ministry. So uh, people in different neighborhoods throughout the area would gather together. And one of those areas was Sandy. And some strong people in the Sandy area uh, became the uh, neighborhood ministry uh, center here in the area. I think at that time they met in the, it was a building. Uh, I don't think the building is gone, the Odd Fellows Hall. You re, any of you remember that? The Odd Fellows Hall. And uh, one of my assignments uh, on staff was to give oversight to the um, neighborhood ministry centers. And uh, the leader of the Sandy uh, ministry center had just resigned. And I, I even forget who it was. Maybe uh, the Hills remember. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, Jerry and I were talking about the leaders in the different ministry centers, and he suggested uh, someone for uh, the Sandy Neighborhood Center. And uh, when he said the person's name, it was like, oh, somebody hit me in the gut. And, uh, and I thought, what, what was God saying to me? I was reacting to that issue, and I didn't say anything, and 
overnight. I just prayed about it. And the next day, I was talking with Jerry, and I said, Jerry, when you mentioned someone as a leader uh, for the Sandy Ministry Center, uh, I, man, it just hit me in the gut. Like, uh, I think God was saying something that I was supposed to be the leader. And he says, well, let's do that. He said, that's uh, something the Lord is doing. That's kind of the wind that God is uh, uh, sending us to go somewhere. And so we became the leaders of the neighborhood center, ministry center. And there were just a whole bunch of people from uh, that were involved in ministry in East Hill that became a part of uh, the ministry center. They already were a part. The Hills... Lauren and Priscilla, the Geislers, the, uh, some of you remember uh, uh, Mike and Pam Hughes, and and uh, just a whole bunch of in the. In fact, uh, the Rawls were there for the first uh, uh, first day, and I, a whole bunch of others. I I just forget uh, all of the names uh, that happens at my age, but. Uh, uh, it had just a wonderful time, and uh, it it was just a, a flourishing moment, and encouraging, and caring, and discipling, and uh, it was a great time. Uh, shortly after, some some people in the general area thought we should have a church in Sandy, and uh, Tim Peterson. Some of you remember. Uh, was the administrative pastor at uh, East Hill. And he met with us, and he found out that uh, the people who were a part, the, the core of this neighborhood ministry center, uh, the people were committed to uh, what they were doing in ministry in East Hill. And uh, they felt, well, some of the people were just uh, maybe wanting church a little closer. They weren't committed to East Hill or weren't committed to our ministry center. They just wanted it uh, closer. Um, and so they recognized that uh, that wasn't what God was saying. Uh, probably three years later, uh, the wind was blowing again, and, and Bobby and I were just feeling that God was calling us back into lead Past being a lead pastor, I guess that we called them senior pastors at that time, but now I guess they're lead pastors. And, and uh, we didn't know what was going on, but a pastor from another church had called us and told us to come and uh, talk to him, and he, uh, he was convinced we were going to come to that church. And all the way driving home, Bobby said to me, what? what's wrong with you? You're not saying a word, you know. And, and I said, man, I don't have any peace. You know, that's that's not what God is saying to me or to us. And, uh, and so we uh, came back, and it was an interesting thing. This is about three years into uh, our involvement with the Neighborhood Ministry Center. And independently, different of the leaders would come to us and say, you know, I don't know what's happening to us, but if God is saying something about a church in Sandy, we're all in. 
And it wasn't like a consensus of individuals. It was, uh, or a consensus of a group. It was individuals who were saying, God is saying something to us. It's like the wind is blowing us. And uh, that's, you know, that's the word for the Holy Spirit. Ruach or pneuma is breath or wind. And God is moving us. And, and they began to say, uh, I, I don't know, but God is releasing us from what we're committed to in East Hill. If God is saying he wants a church in Sandy, we're in. So we asked Jerry to come and, and just share with the, the uh, Neighborhood Ministry Center. And he just felt the Spirit of God was saying something and doing something and birthing uh, this body of believers into uh, a local expression of the body of Christ here in Sandy. Uh, so we began to make plans and Jerry announced on uh, one Sunday in all the services he announced that uh, East Hill was starting a church here in Sandy and anyone that felt God moving upon their hearts, uh, he released them to be a part of what God was doing here. And so in preparation, we began to pray, and uh, what do you want us to call this? You know, are we supposed to be East Hill 2 or uh, uh, East Hill Sandy? And, and we, the leadership was praying about that. And I think about that time... Uh, Bobby and I and some of the other leaders were in Van Nuys at the church on the way uh, for one of Jack Hayford's uh, pastor's conferences. And we're sitting in one of the chairs, and there was a hymnal in the chair in front, and I picked it up, and it said, Living Way, hymnal. And... God said something to me, and I reminded me of this scripture in Hebrews. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he has promised, he who has promised is faithful. And that resonated in our hearts, and I shared that with a, with a leadership, and there was a unanimity, a consensus. God wanted us to be the living way, and uh, that's what was birthed at that point. And it's a, a significant thing when you understand today, 42 years later, it is more important than it was even 42 years ago. There needs to be in our world an understanding that there is a new and living way. Um, 
the way of the world is the way of death. And we're sensing that. The pressure of the world around us is, has never been greater. Um, Paul said to the Romans, uh, don't be conformed to the world. I love one translation. It says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And if ever that was true, that the world mindset, the world mind, the world view, the way of the world, the world's values, are trying to squeeze us all into its mold. But we have a new and living way. The word says the way of the world is death. But we have a new and living way into the very presence of God, knowing him and communing with him and having a relationship with him and understanding his ways and his word that is life-giving, and to be able to be so filled with his life that we infect our world with Jesus, which is life and love and eternal life. And that's true for you in 2023, even more so than it was in 1980. 1981, so important. And so Living Way was born, and we did the same thing. We had neighborhood ministry centers. We had uh, groups that met at the Geislers, I think. We had groups that met at uh, Roger and Edna Cook. Some of you will remember the Cooks. And uh, the Brinkleys, uh, Mike and Pam Hughes, I forget where all of our, where? Okay. And, and it was just really a wonderful time. Life was taking place. That first Sunday, I think we were just, that uh, building down there was uh, uh, packed out. In fact, we dedicated our third granddaughter uh, that morning, and so that was a very exciting time for us. And uh, during that period of time, the uh, young uh, lumberjack, logger, was a part of uh, uh, Roger and Edna's uh, home group, and uh, Lowell and April Weir, uh, uh, started coming to the church and got involved in ministry and and working with the youth and I remember they planted trees along if you remember all uh, coming into uh, into town they planted the trees and what is the uh, the memorial was that a Vietnamese memorial uh, there at uh, the corner of, and uh, they prepared that uh, did just serving the community, and it was a wonderful thing, and Lowell became a, an active part, and then uh, God moved upon him. He had started Bible college. He went back to Bible college, uh, finished his Bible college, and then returned to be on staff 
with us, and uh, he was on staff and just became such an important, integral part of our church. And I think of the, uh, the additions that God gave to us, the Park family and uh, the Normans and just so many, the Doobies, uh, Tom Dooby. And uh, what, what an important part uh, it was as the church continued to grow. And, and then the wind started blowing again, and, and we thought, man, this is, you know, this is God's country here. And uh, loved it, and Bobby and I thought, we'll spend the rest of our life, our ministry, here in Sandy. What a great thing. We started to, uh, uh, we started to ski in our 50s, and we thought, this is really neat, and we started spending our days off on the mountain skiing and and uh, just loving Jesus and loving people and seeing God touch lives and the wind began to blow our hearts had always been for missions and we did some mission trips Lowell took several teams to Mexico we went down to Mexico and did some building in Monterey and and uh we did ministry in Costa Rica and in Kenya and Tanzania, and I got to go to Russia and uh, the Ukraine, and God had just birthed in our hearts. And in 92, God just blew us away again, <laughs> sent us to Papua New Guinea, but uh, God had raised up Lowell to be the pastor. We got to enjoy 11 wonderful years here. Uh, that's a part of the history. The history, this is the 42nd anniversary of the church. We got to enjoy 11 of those years, and then God raised up uh, Lowell as the pastor, and he, he pastored for over, over 20 years. I'm not sure exactly. But uh, during his ministry, they were able to secure this property and uh, build this beautiful thing. In fact, uh, Tom, are you here, Tom Doobie? Huh? No. He didn't. Okay, he was going to try to come this morning, and, and I was going to have him talk about uh, all that, that uh, all of you did to make this a wonderful home, a permanent home for Living Way. But uh, he was the uh, contractor that added this wonderful addition and the daylight basement and did the parking and all the things they had to do uh, with, the, uh, with the city and, and securing. Uh, and uh, Pastor Tom was just mentioning the fact that it was just the outskirts of Sandy at that time, but then the expansion that has taken place and uh, how God had a plan in putting you right here, right in the middle of this growing place in on the beautiful mountain or near the mountain and uh, being living way. Not crowded and squeezed into the form of the world, 
but a living way that is so desperately needed by this community and our world. And uh, I'm, I'm just so excited that I got to be a part of what God is doing here and uh, so thankful to be able to come back and say happy birthday and uh, continue to be a living way in the midst of a dark and dying and corrupt generation. God bless you. Pastor. Thank you, Ken. And we've uh, we said the name Lowell a lot, and maybe some of you don't know who, who uh, Lowell was. He served here. He, he holds the record, 23 years, lead pastor. Uh, I, I, I seek to, to beat him in that stat. Uh, <laughs> he's got that Wilt Chamberlain stat. We're all chasing it. So. Um, but, it, you know, we've, we've been a, a place that it started. Lowell led us through to where we secured this, expanded it when they got it. I, I, the the, the sheetrock was all washed away because the sprinkler system broke. The woman who built this actually built this building for fraud. <laughs> it was built to be a retirement center, and she was billing for people that were dead. She was billing for things she wasn't doing. She went to prison. Her investors in Florida let the place get completely dilapidated. Pastor Lowell walks in in the 90s and says, I like it. And everybody said, Lowell, you're insane. And he said it was like stalactites just coming down uh, from where the, the sprinklers had washed it all. So they ripped it all down, started over. If you can't see the ridge right there with those two pipes, that the church stopped there. The sanctuary went from at the end of the classrooms to there. All of that wasn't here. And, and over the years, we've expanded, we've grown, and we've invested. And that was a huge part of Lowell Weir's time here. And I was hoping he could make it today, but some things came up and he couldn't. So uh, Lowell, if you're watching, we're, we're, I mean, words can't describe how grateful we are everything that you've done uh, and helped us get to this point. Uh, Paul Stone wasn't able to make it, or the previous pastor. Uh, Paul came in and he was uh, a person who had the, the integrity and care to lead us through financial austerity. We were at a spot to where we were having a very hard time figuring things out. And uh, made a, he was a good man that had to make a lot of tough decisions and uh, brought us to a point to our refinancing, getting things worked out that we're here and able to celebrate this today. And I think the stories are worth telling for this. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the body of Christ and what we belong to. And it goes further beyond just those that are in this room, those who are on vacation today, maybe not in this room. <laughs> but we have a connection that goes so far back and connects us to, to things that go before us. And the, the thing that connects us is who the head of the church is. We've had four lead pastors. I counted over six youth pastors, uh, a myriad of associate leaders, and all kinds of people that have come in here and served. But we've had one head of the church, and he is faithful. There's this um, story in the book of Joshua in chapter 4. Uh, it says in verse 4, So Joshua called together the 12 men uh, he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. This was after they had crossed it miraculously. The Lord had parted the waters. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them uh, that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it had crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You 
You know, this memorial can be misleading as we think that it is about the past. But if you read it carefully, it's very much about the future. And that the whole thing is made for what? Your children. When your children ask you, what does that mean? You are to tell them. Because the the connection they have is that the same God who carried who carried your forebears across this river will also carry you across the things that are ahead of you. The same God who brought you to the promised land is the same one who keeps his promises. The same God that planted our church on Mother's Day in 1981 is the same God who's here in this day. The same God who secured this building when when it seemed impossible. When we came into it and it looked like we were going to have to buy a dump heap because the city of Sandy blocked us from getting donated a beautiful spot in the, up on the hill that we could have built a church there. They wouldn't let us have it. So we came here, and it seemed like compromise, but the same God who bought this, and then after we had secured it and got the note in our hands, started working on it, Sandy announced, this is the center of a massive neighborhood we're building that will go down J- Jacoby up the hill, and now Sandy is in the middle, or the, Sandy Foursquare is now in the middle of this neighborhood. People walk by every day. They, they take their dogs into our field, and those dogs defile it. <laughs> but I'd rather have people come to our field. When we got that, the field wasn't there. It was, it was terrible, and it was scraggly. Nobody could use it. And all of a sudden, contractors came from around the corner. They said, we're building Cascadia, and we have, we have just tons and tons and tons of dirt. Would you like some fill dirt? We said, yes, please. That is all fill dirt from Cascadia. And we have this big field that now we can offer to the local soccer league. The same God that built this church founded it. And it seemed time and time again, we don't know what it will take. It's going to take a lottery level miracle. It's going to take this amazing thing to get us beyond that. Has brought us to a turning point to where we've now been able to say goodbye to a banknote paying this place off. It's, it's bigger than just a banknote. It's God's faithfulness. It's the things that even now... As we look forward into the the 2020s and 2030s, 2040s, what seems impossible? Because the monument that we have to look back on, that the mortgage is paid off, that we're in this place, that we've all come together, that God was faithful with us and with with the Cooks, the Geislers, and everybody that planted this church, that he will be faithful in the future. The things that are impossible are not impossible because the same God that's already done the impossible for Living Way Fellowship will do it again. When we, every day a church gets together, we look at the past. We read a book about things that happened in the past, but we understand that our gaze backwards is actually a gaze forward. That's why this is written on every four-square church, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That our God is the same that planted us. I find it remarkable, the word monument in Hebrew, it is just yod. It's literally the word for hand. And it means hand in the sense of a gesture, that it's pointing. I I assist with my um, daughter's preschool soccer team as I'm the assistant coach, which basically means that I'm I'm just like a herdsman. It is attention span less than a millisecond. And so you'll tell them like, go, go, Coach Chris is calling you. You're you're going up right right there, right there, Coach Chris, right? You have to get down and your arm is right over their shoulder and they look down at like it's the barrel of a long rifle. What are you pointing at? Because words don't get it across. Sometimes you just need to point, look right there. 
And these things we look at, the, the ways God was faithful, the way he cared for us, the way that, that he has brought this local church to where it is today is a hand, and it is pointing. We look at it, but if we look carefully, it's not pointing at the past. It's pointing through the past, and it's pointing at the future. That the same God who built this building and secured every seat in this place will be faithful to fill it. The same God that breathed the wind to where multiple individuals said, we see what the Lord is doing, is faithful to do it again. And this church is far from complete in its mission. We are not done, and we are not tired, and we are ready to reach the city. And it comes from all of us individuals. That really touched me, Pastor Ken, that, that testimony of when this church was built, it wasn't just wind from the Holy Spirit blowing to you. It was in all of these individuals that came to you and said, I don't know. I'm just submitting at, this, at your feet, Pastor Ken, but if, you, if, if the Lord plants a church here, I'm in. It speaks a lot to what's been on my heart as we've gone through the body series, that Christianity is a priesthood of all believers, that every one of us in here has a calling to be part of, this, be part of the body, be, be invested in it, and part of its mission. You see, when we remember when the remembrance is referred to in the Bible, it's not just to recall, but to recall and respond. You could think of it, it's this way in, in Genesis 8. It says the Lord remembers Noah at the end of the flood, and that's when, when he brings him out and delivers him from the ark and they can leave. And it's not that God literally forgot about Noah. Like it went on for a while and he was like, oh shoot, I forgot about the guy in the boat. And then ran down to earth and dealed with him. It means that he remembered the promises. He remembered the commitment. He remembered the man, and he did something. Remembering was to say God was going to act on his faithfulness. And as we remember in Scripture, remember my words, it says, isn't just to remember them and recall them and memorize them, but to let them change you today. All remembrance is about today, how it impacts tomorrow. So I had this inspiration. I was praying. The church was founded in 1981. And what I want to do is I wanted to challenge all of us to do something for 30 days. I want you to set an alarm or a reminder on your phone for 8.10 a.m. and 8.10 p.m. to pray a very brief, as, as brief as it needs to be to fit into every day without freaking you out. To pray these three things. To pray one is to thank God for the days that are behind us and the people that have gone ahead of us. For getting us to this spot to pray for the days that are ahead of us as a church where the Lord is leading us and to pray that you would find your place in the days that we're in, in the spot that you're in. Three simple things because you are living way fellowship. You are that church, that, that group of people. Not every office has a perfectly defined name. Until a few years ago, we had Caroline Christensen. What on earth would you give the name to her office? She cooked, she gave advice, she, she, she was encouraging, and she just, she just was Caroline. Who's can put a name and a, de and a definition on the ways you're involved, but the Lord can lead you in them? In the same way God has spoken to all of us, Ken, was, Ken refers to him being called as being blown in that direction. Sometimes I refer to it as being swallowed in the belly of a fish. <laughs> I intended to be a therapist. I went to Bible college to be a therapist. That's what I was going to be. And then the 08 market crash happens. This is like the story of all millennials, right? I had an idea. Then the 2008 market crash happened. Um, and Lowell Weir came to me and said, hey, could you, while you're doing the therapy thing, which is great, that, that's, that's awesome, 
you're, you got a Bible college education. Would you mind leading the youth group for a few years? And I don't know if he was being sneaky or the Holy Spirit, but somebody was being sneaky because I began serving and at the same time beginning practicum stuff with therapy where you're doing like uh, mock therapy sessions with other students. And I realized my heart's in ministry. God calls us into all kinds of ways, and, and maybe you're not looking, maybe you're, you're blown by wind, you don't see where it's coming from, or swallowed in the belly of a fish and spat out onto the things he wants for you. He is faithful. He's been faithful to all of us, and he'll be faithful to you to find your spot. So we're praying for Living Way, for its past, for its future, and for you as part of Living Way. Where do you fit in? So what I want to ask you to do is you can set an alarm for 810 a.m. and p.m., and you can know that we are all praying together as a church for 30 days uh, for what's ahead of us, just celebrating that. Well, it is a, it's a great celebration. I want to just say thank you, uh, in particular to Ken, for, for starting this whole thing and getting us started. And uh, yeah, let's give Ken a hand. I want to thank Pastor Lowell Weir and April who, who sacrificed more than anybody has to this local church and for everything that we've done. Uh, we don't see them all the time, but every day we see them and the things that impact us at this church is here and viable. So thank you, Lowell and uh, April. And, and Paul and Shelley, who were just who we needed at that time. It was just who this church needed. In, in his, his time, his ministry, what he meant to us as a staff and, and the way that he cared so personally, the, the, and that personal care that was so needed because he was left making tough decisions that helped us navigate and get to a spot to where we've got our feet under us again. He was a great pastor, and he was exactly who he needed. And I, I have to say thank you to uh, my good friend, Paul Stone. And all of us, we can thank lead pastors, but there are so many people. And if I sat here thanking them all, everyone that is living way, equally with all those pastors, we'd be here all day. And I'm just too nice to do that to you on Mother's Day. <laughs> I want to pray for us that we can go uh, and that we would take our celebration with us and that we'd be praying for the amazing future of this church. The God who planted is the God who continues to bring fruit. Lord, today we, we thank you so much for the incredible leadership you've always had. Very, very few of us got to be in that first Mother's Day Sunday service that are in this room today. Most of us came later, and I, God, I pray that we could feel <clears throat> a certain heritage of being part of that great mission. Lord, your Holy Spirit is what breathed and started this church. I pray that you would reignite that, that Pentecostal expectation that the Holy Spirit still leads and still guides. Lord, as you give your spirit, it's to do your work. Lord, as we look at the things ahead of us, the way you call us to, to serve and to be with one another, to find our place in this body, that we would do so not based in confidence on ourselves or our giftings, but based fully on the confidence of the spirit that indwells us that we can be deficient for the job, but you are sufficient. And it can seem impossible, just as this building at 39300 DeBarco seemed impossible when they stepped in. 
but you make great things happen. If you could get this dilapidated, fraud-founded building to be a life-giving church, you can do anything. You can move in our hearts. You can change us. You can direct us, the real living way fellowship, the living body that passes it on, baton to the next. Lord, help us to, to go deep and to, to, to steward this time well, that as we gather more, invite more, as we, as we meet needs, as we support one another, and that this room would be full of life, that there will come a day that when we pass the baton to the next person, that we pass them a church that's even healthier and deeper and more vibrant. May Living Way Fellowship succeed in its great mission of reaching this city for Jesus. Help us exude that everywhere we go. Bless the prayer times of our entire church leaders. We pray at 810. God, I pray that you would help us feel your gratitude for the things that we, there's gratitude towards you for what you've done. That we would remember the past. We'd look at the future knowing you'll be faithful there. And we say, God, would you help me find my spot right now? I ask that you would just bless those prayer times. And in those moments, even if we're in all over the state, all over the country, that it would be church for us because we know we're all praying together. Thank you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide us and blow anew. In Jesus' name, amen.